Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome to a very special episode of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I am Anthony Cazenza, joined by my usual co-host in arms, John Sheeran. How are you, John? I'm, I'm pretty good because, once again, we have got ourselves an incredible guest uh, from, the, from the former Bengals pipeline. I'm really excited to get him on. Yeah, absolutely. And we've teased it all week. We have former Bengals linebacker. 15-year NFL veteran, Takeo Spikes, former first-rounder, all-pro, pro bowler, and now is the host of the Behind the Mask podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Takeo, how are you today, sir? I am doing well, taking things all into consideration. Football season is about to be back. I think, I think everybody is excited about that, and um, we definitely need something throughout these dire times. Yeah, most definitely. And we were excited to hear about your podcast and how to get our listeners to tune into your show. On on that note that you kind of said, I mean, we want to talk about your Bengals career. We want to obviously talk about your career as a whole, your podcast, as I mentioned. But I do want to get your thoughts as a, we can kind of start there, as an NFL, a longtime NFL veteran, you obviously have never seen or experienced a pandemic in your playing days before. I'm sure you still have a pulse with a lot of different guys that are that are playing in the league right now. What's kind of your overall vibe and what are kind of some of the things that you're hearing from players in this unique offseason? How are they training? How are they preparing? And how would you do that during this kind of situation? Well, the only thing I think that the only thing that I came close to to say that I had something in common was 2012 when we had the lockout uh-huh. and eventually we struck a deal. Uh, the only thing that came into somewhat of a similar play was that we were unsure about if we were going to have a season just because certain things had to be mutually agreed upon from the CBA, meaning from the player side and also from the ownership side of the NFL. And so that's the, the similarity that I do see when I see it looking at what they're going through now. A lot of guys was uncertain. It was the uncertainty of, okay, I don't know if we're going to report. I don't know when are we going to report because I remember talking to several guys maybe 10 days to two weeks before the, before the 28th. Hmm. And they were still unsure. They were just like, the only thing I'm going off of is what I was told from previous months, but that's not even in place. So I think the uncertainty really caused a lot of guys the hesitancy to know how to work out, uh, the intenseness, the intense of how intensive that you put into the effort of your work. And, you know, if, if you got guys who are going to be true pros anyway, and you have some guys who just kind of straddle the fence. They just kind of wait on directions to be given to them. And they go from that point. So 
I think that's the biggest thing that I can truly say has been the same thing that that's kind of comes close, but it's tough, man. I talk to some of the guys and some of the guys even say, you know, it's, we can come out with the rules to protect us, but during the game, this is a game to where it's an intimate game. You have to get intimate with each other in an aggressive standpoint. But at the end of the game, we can't trade a swap jersey. <laughs> but, we got, you know what I mean? So it's like right. little things like that. But honestly, overall, a lot of guys have accepted the fact. And, you know, they just really worried about their health, especially guys with the families who they're going back home. See, I was a guy to where people ask me now, would you play now? knowing what you know if you would have went through it, well, I probably would just because I wasn't a guy who had a family. I have a daughter, and my daughter came to see me sometimes when I played, depending on where we played at. But outside of that, I didn't have anybody to go home to. But it's a lot different when you're married and you have several kids, so I totally understand that perspective as well. Takiyo, I want to take us back to 1998, when the Bengals had two first-round picks in that draft. They took you with the 13th overall pick, and then about five picks later, they took your former teammate, Brian Simmons, who, on this show, we are diehard fans of Brian Simmons. It's kind of a weird player to have such an affinity for, but we we love Brian Simmons. We love watching him play, along with you as well. Can you describe like your relationship with him on the field and kind of the things that... W- the things that he did well that kind of complemented with your style as well when you guys were on the field at the same time? Um, Brian is one of those players who, who I say he, he really didn't get enough credit. And this is just simply due to the fact of Brian had an opportunity to leave as well. And uh, he didn't. Uh, for whatever reasons why he stayed, he stayed. But uh, I'm a big admirer of Brian Simmons just because his ability, his intellect, number one, his ability to be able to, you talk about, people always say modern-day linebackers are what linebackers are doing today. Uh, I truly felt like Brian Simmons could have played in any era. Like, that's how athletic that he was. You know, he was a guy who... Uh, he could run with anybody. He was a guy who was, you could put him in on a third down package and, and, and he can play the role of a nickel, but obviously big enough to still stop the run. So uh, it's not by accident that when you look at his body of work and you compare it to any other linebackers who stayed there the same amount of time or even guys who stayed longer who played the same position, I guarantee you that his stats outrank everybody. Talking to, to Keo Spikes, longtime NFL veteran, Pro Bowler, All-Pro, former Bengals linebacker, joining us courtesy of the Believe Podcast Network. He has his own program, the Behind the Mask Podcast. We'll talk about that in just a second. Takeo, you, you provided a nice segue for me in your, your answer to John's question there with a little bit of your experience in Cincinnati. When, when your contract was up with the Bengals, you had an opportunity to stay with them. They were in a state of transition. They brought in Marvin Lewis, a guy, a defensive-minded coach, a guy who won a Super Bowl. 
And it was a big decision for you to make in terms of you being an impending free agent. Do you stay in Cincinnati and try and be a part of what Marvin Lewis was trying to build? Or do you, do you say, no, thanks. I'm going to go to, uh, you know, greener grass, I guess. And you, you chose the latter. I'm kind of curious how that process went for you and what the sales pitch was for you by the Bengals, by the coaching staff to have you try and stay at that point in time. Because after you left, Marvin tried to replace you with a number of different guys and really didn't succeed in doing so. Well, the process was, I was frustrated. And if you look at, and I know this probably be some of the same sentiments that a lot of guys who were drafted by the Bengals, but I was frustrated because high school playing for championships, college playing for championships. And then when you get to the Bengals, it's like, all right, Okay, all right, one year, okay, it may take one or two years to get this thing rolling. But when you see the leadership is really not in place, or if you see the leadership is in place, but you can tell certain coaches' hands are tied, hmm. it's like, what are we doing? You know, what are we here for? And I think the biggest thing I knew at a young age was that as professional athletes, you have a shelf life. You have an expiration date. The sad part about it is you don't know when it's going to be. Could be due to injury. Could just be due to the lack of love of the game. And I just knew I got tired of getting my damn head beat in every week. And and I'm going out there giving everything I possibly could give. I was frustrated when Marvin came in. He wanted me to stay. I told him I wasn't staying. He told me I was staying. <laughs> they They put the tag on me. And I remember looking at every strategic way of trying to get out. I remember taking a visit to Buffalo. They transition, transition tagged me. And when they did that, I remember going to Buffalo. And I knew whoever was going to make an offer on me, if that offer wasn't lucrative enough, then Cincinnati had the rights to match that deal. And I would be forced to stay there. And, you know, so I just remember just telling him, like, I don't want to be here. And I think the biggest thing that I remember from Marvin was he looked at me and said, hey, you know, in every situation, there's solutions to every problem. You know, you got problems, you have solutions. And he was like, as much as you say this was the problem here in the past, you were a part of it. So now you have an opportunity to change that, be to change the narrative. I say, I understand that, and you are right. Team is team. I'll take that. But I said, just as you stated, that there are problems, I understand there are solutions. So I'm going to take my solutions and be a solution to somebody else. And I remember calling Marvin when we signed that tender deal with, when we signed the deal with Buffalo. And I was like, I would appreciate it if you don't uh, match it. Because if you do, you have goals and uh, goals and expectations as far as what you want to do, and I know the influence I have in that locker room. And I made it clear I didn't want to be there, so I know I carry a lot of influence in the locker room. So I just think it would be counterproductive for both of us to be in that same situation after I'm telling you that I don't want to be there. So I remember 30 minutes passed by. Well, he got off the phone by saying, "It's not your decision." I'm like, all right, well, I just let you know what I, I I'm telling you what I'm gonna do. 
So 30 minutes after that, I remember they decided not to match the deal, and then that's how I became a Buffalo Bill. Interesting. Do you think that because you got you got a change of scenery and you went to Buffalo, do you think that attributed to the fact that you like the, your first two years in Buffalo, you were a Pro Bowler, you were an All Pro in 2004? Do you think that that change of scenery, that like fresh start, is what maybe re- rejuvenated your career and took it to the next level? Do you think you got like more re- recognition, I guess, in Buffalo than you got in Cincinnati? I think I definitely got more recognition. I remember being three years. Well, no, four years in a row, I was named as an alternate for the Pro Bowl. And I remember guys just telling me, like, man, if you were not on the bingo, you know, chances are you would probably make it. And I just, and listen, I I put weight on the awards like you have to. But then sometimes you have to understand that a lot of things are political. And I think that's the thing that really just pissed me off more than anything because I knew I was a damn good player in the National Football League, especially in my early years, during your prime years. And I felt like I never was going to get that due credit just because playing in a small market, number one. And number two, if you play in a small market, at least you got to win. And so if you don't, nobody knows about you. What good is it to call it gold when nobody knows where it's at? And so – Put it this way, I didn't play on Monday I didn't play on Monday night football until my tenth year wow. in the NFL. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So like I'll never play backseat to anybody because I know the amount of work that I put in and I also understand and know like the political side of it. You know, I still had a household name and didn't even play on Monday night football. <laughs> it took me ten years. That's crazy. That's really crazy. That is, I, I didn't know that about your career. Talking with Takeo Spikes, 15-year NFL veteran, spent five with the Bengals, former Pro Bowler, former All-Pro, joining us from the Believe Podcast Network and his Behind the Mask podcast. We'll hear about that in just a couple more minutes. Thanks for all of your time, Takeo. I want to I transition a little bit. We're going to kind of move forward in time a little bit. One of the guys that Marvin did try to replace you with about a decade after you left was Vontez Burfecht. And Vontez Burfecht caught lightning in a bottle. Very talented guy. Uh, caught lightning in a bottle for a couple of years. Played very well, but obviously gained a reputation as mm, stepping over the line, whatever you want to call that. I'm curious, a guy like yourself who was highly productive, played the game the right way, and I think your career coincided with the first year or two with Vontez Burfecht, what is your impression of the way a guy like Vontez Perfect played the game at the linebacker position? Did you did you kind of laugh a little bit about it, or did you say, "Man, you are you are really going down a road that you shouldn't be going down"? Vontez is the type of guy. If he's your teammate, yeah, you appreciate what he brings to the game and to your team. Uh, purposely, he will do whatever it takes to intimidate any guy, any opposing defender who he's going up against. I can appreciate that as a, um, not even, not just as a teammate, but I can appreciate it too, just from looking from afar. Now, the more and more as it continues to go along, when your reputation precedes you before you walk onto the field, uh, that's when it becomes a problem. 
But then it really started to become a problem when it's one thing to intimidate people, but when you're jeopardizing the integrity of the, the welfare of the game, other colleagues who you're playing with, like at the end of the day, like I, I don't, if you, listen, you guys, we played against you. I don't like you. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try to inflict as much pain as I possibly can. But one thing that I, I just said, enough is enough. I'm not going to try to do anything to keep you from making your, your living. Unless if you do something to me, that was the only way I would cross that line. And I think when you look at Vontez, I love him as a player. I love the energy that he brings. However, you can't cross that line because now it's a selfish line that you're crossing. And as we see and as we saw uh, in the previous years, he just, he, you know, we haven't seen it. And that's the reason why. So enough is enough. And when you jeopardize guys like that, knowing that the initiative of the NFL and the players association is, is player safety first, now you're putting every, you're backing everybody against the wall. Like I dare you to do something, and so they had to make their decision. So I understand why. Takia, I had to go back and, and remind myself that Mark Duffner was a long was with the Bengals long before they hired him last year to be a senior defensive assistant. He was your linebackers coach and he was your defensive coordinator for a couple of years, but now he's back with the team in, in somewhat of a of a senior advisory role. Can, can you talk about like any anything that has stuck with you throughout your career with, with the teachings of Duffner and 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 kind of what what type of coach that he was and it continues to be today? I give a lot of credit to Duff, Mark Duffner. He was the very first coach that brought me in. He was the very first coach that taught me how to study. He was the coach that taught me what tendencies are outside of just the game of football and how to be able to to be aware of tendencies when you see them. He taught me so much, and to this day, we still talk as if I still play for him. So his knowledge, uh, his leadership was always great. Eh? I appreciated everything that, that Duff brought to the table. And when I look at how and why they brought him back, I mean, it's understandable. I think whenever you have a, a new head coach like Zach Taylor, um, the defensive coordinator, Lou, Darren Simmons as a special teams coach, I think it's always good in order to know where you're going, you have to understand and know where you've been in the past. And I think Duff bridges the gap on both sides. And recently being the linebacker coach down in Tampa before he came before he came back to the Bengals, I, I think it's, he's a great, he's an asset, period. Wherever he's at, he's an asset. That's how high I think of Mark Duff. Takio, we're going to get you out of here in just a minute. We want to hear about your podcast. Before we do, I just want to get some your quick thoughts on the current state of the Bengals, given their kind of surprisingly exciting offseason for a team that went 2-14. They got their new franchise quarterback. They were active in free agency. I kind of want to get your impressions of that, as well as maybe a little bit before that, the Marvin years when they made the playoffs after you had left, did you ever look back at that and say, well, maybe they, they did turn some things around or do you still look at this organization as it's the Bengals and pardon the pun, a tiger can't change its stripes. 
No, I, I, I think Marvin did a hell of a job being able to change that perspective, even though he did not win a a playoff game. Like, but I don't – listen, I, you guys have seen it from ground zero. I've been in it, lived it from ground zero. And so I'm going I'm to give Marvin his due credit. He did a hell of a job because it takes a lot for Mike Brown to relinquish his power and give some to Marvin, which – Talking to some of the guys who I played with in that locker room, they were like, yeah, things have changed slowly. Well, we have this, we have that. So I, I do give him credit. But when you look at his team now, I, I think it was important that they had kind of had to, I wouldn't say, I don't know if you would say rebuild, but maybe reload in certain areas, especially in the coaching staff. But I like the picks that they have. I, I love Joe Burrow. Love what he's going to bring to the table. I love the fact that Joe Mixon, I think Joe Mixon is, is very under, he's underrated, underutilized. And now, hopefully, with the additions of what they brought on with T. Higgins as a wide receiver to really compliment A.J. Green. I, I can't wait to see them play. And even on the defensive side, big fan of Carlos Dunlap. He came on the Behind the Mask podcast show. Um, and then just looking at the defensive additions, um, covering Jesse Bates when he was at Wake Forest. He was a guy, second-round draft pick. But the thing I appreciate about Jesse looking at him in college, he always stayed around the football. He was a playmaker. And I think with McKenzie Alexander coming in, Trey Wayne's on the other side, like this is going to be a very, very, very good football team that a lot of people may sleep on. I think that's kind of the consensus opinion. Maybe maybe not so much this year, but maybe in a year or two, this could be a team that that makes some noise. Thanks for your insight, Takeo. Uh, this has been an immense pleasure. Before we get you out of here, uh, we want to hear about your Behind the Masks podcast. You just mentioned you've had Carlos Dunlap on the program. The Believe Podcast Network is actually a, a good friend of this program. We've had your colleague, Eric Davis, on the program uh, through the the, pod, the Believe Podcast Network. He joined us last year when the Bengals were taking on the 49ers. So we know you guys do good work. Tell us a little bit about your show and where our listeners can find it because we're, our, we're already getting comments in our live chats about hearing about your new show. Yeah, it's uh, you can find it on all social media channels. At the BTM Podcast. I'll say it again. At the BTM Podcast. And we have a visual aid too, which I really appreciate. Go to YouTube. Make sure it's the same tag handle. At the BTM Podcast or the Behind the Mask Podcast. But um, what makes us so different, to be completely honest with you, we don't give the, the, <laughs> the vanilla bland, hey, this guy went 15 for 20. Well, if he would have did this, it would have... No, that's the obvious. We like to go behind the mask and give you great locker room talk, real talk, real perspective on how certain situations may arise. Uh, i give you a prime example. We had Malcolm Jenkins on a few weeks ago. And being able to ask him questions about Deshaun Jackson, mm -hmm. anti-Semitic statements that he made towards the Jewish community, which I felt was wrong. Being able to talk about that, being able to talk about on another show what we had, knowing Malcolm Jenkins was going to New Orleans, and then Drew Brees made the comments that he made. And how is it that the majority of your team is black, 
But now you're saying you're not even acknowledging what your teammates and just the rest of society is going through, understanding you're in a city that's known as a top 10 city for African-Americans. And so when we talk about behind the mask, we talk about informing, entertaining, educational topics. Of course, sports talk about social issues, anything from health disparities and just relevant topics that people really wonder, like, I wonder how he really feels when the camera is not on. That's the Behind the Mask podcast. Sounds awesome. I know I'm going to tune in and I'm going to subscribe. And this has been an immense pleasure, Mr. Spikes. I appreciate you making the time for coming to come on to our program, talk a little Bengals football, talk about your career. We would love to have you back on again. This is this has been a great interview and, uh, like I said, an honor for us. So, thank you so much for joining us today. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take it easy. That was Takeo Spikes joining us on the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. John, that was um, that was awesome. That was awesome. I mean, I, I know we we keep saying it. We say this every interview. Oh, that was a great interview. That was great. That one, you know, that was that was awesome. That was awesome. He is a really interesting guy. Uh, me and my friends always joked that back in the day, like Takeo Spikes has the biggest neck. I know should ask about that. <laughs> I, I, I I wanted to. I had it in the back of my mind. I just didn't didn't muster up the bravery. I know. I should have. It's, it's always been my goal to get that neck muscle to be like be like spikes's. He, he had his own neck roll. Like that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, he didn't need the extra the extra Douglas pad or whatever. Yeah. Uh but yeah, go check out his podcast. Awesome stuff. That was uh his I thought the story, John that was really enlightening about the process of him becoming a free agent, leaving the Bengals that, uh, I mean, he's had a lot of different stuff, obviously his comments to your question about Brian Simmons gushing about him that, you know, that's, that's gold. That was, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. And it it rings hundred percent true. Like Takiyo was made for the era that he played in. That's why he was so so successful. And and Simmons, like you said, could have transcended multiple eras, but it was fun watching both of them play, and it was fun hearing Takeo Spike's perspective on him, on his time, on Mark Duffner, who's still with the Bengals now, and I can't wait to listen to his podcast. Yeah, going to definitely do that. I, You know, I, I think most Bengals fans at this point do wonder what could have been had he stayed in 2003 and beyond, you know, because it you look at it from there, they, they had Kevin Hardy, they had Nate Webster, they had Odell Thurman. I mean, they cycled through so many different linebackers just trying. And then you see Takeo Spikes go through this solid 15-year career, largely healthy throughout his entire career, very productive throughout his entire career. Yeah, he bounced around to a handful of teams, but... 216 games. I know. It's crazy. For a linebacker. Like, that's and, the thing. Exactly. And when you see just how the Bengals, I mean... I don't want to say they botched that, but just the fact that they weren't they weren't a good team, and that's what caused him to want to leave. And you see what could have been had he stayed in Cincinnati. And unfortunately, you heard what he said, John. I mean, he, it, when free agency came calling, it was like, I'm gone. I'm out. I'm not staying here. And that's uh, unfortunately, that was kind of what the calling card with the Bengals was with a lot of their star players for a long time. I'm sure you know. Yeah, and I guess that's it's the price you pay for hiring Bruce Costlin and keeping him around for years. So yeah, yeah, and having Akili Smith and Scott Mitchell and oh those glory days, oh those glory days. But this was an awesome 
awesome interview with Takeo Spikes. We'll get this up on all of the, for those of you joining us live, we'll get this up on all the audio channels and whatnot coming up shortly here. But thanks to those of you joining us live. In case you're new to this program, you can always catch every live recording on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page or our YouTube channel, The Orange and Black Insider. You can also get our podcast wherever you get your audio podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. It's everywhere. You can look up Cincy Jungle. There is an entire podcast channel, not just of this show, but as well as Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk. You can also get Orange is the New Black by Ace and Zim. And of course, sorry if I spit when I speak with Daddy-O, Hoji, and my my co-host, John Sheeran. I'm his co-host. Uh, so check out all of the podcasts that are on the channel. Download it how you can. Our thanks to Takeo Spikes, who joined us via the Believe Podcast Network. Go check out his podcast, Behind the Mask. It's awesome, and we thank him for his time. Thanks, John. Appreciate you tuning in, everybody else, and we'll see you next next week.